Tabula Rasa, bitches. Hello, hello. Hello. My name is Allie. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm Nick, and my pronouns are he, him. And welcome to season three, episode three of Tabula Rasa, bitches. In Tabula Rasa, bitches, your two co-hosts discuss and dissect Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a show that bonded them together so many years ago. And in this episode, we will be discussing season three, episode three, Fate, Hope, and Trick. Before we jump in to the net episode summary, here's a humble ask. It would be mean the world to us if you would go to whatever you're using to listen to our show and give us a rating. I mean, hopefully a pop positive rating. That would be amazing. Uh, those ratings really help us reach more listeners. And another way you can help that is free is if you enjoy our show, share it with some people who you think might also enjoy it or just, you know, share our Instagram page or whatever. Share, share, share. Rate, rate, rate. Those help us. While we don't do this show for the audience, uh, we do it for ourselves, it would still be nice to have an audience. So yeah, that's not true, that Allie. We, grow, we are not in it to grow the audience arbitrarily. The, the folks that we do have that we get to engage with are some of our most favorite parts about this. Yes, yes, that is true. Absolutely. Yes, I just I just meant like, you know, we're not all about numbers, but numbers are cool too. <laughs> I'm not going to say no. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to say no to new, new listeners. Anywho, Nicholas, shall we? Good plug, Allie. Thank you. With that being said, I will jump into our episode summary. As usual, we're going to do our best to avoid spoilers beyond this episode, but today we will discuss this episode, spoilers and all. Just as Buffy is returning to her somewhat normal life of going to school, hanging out with friends, and saving the world, she is faced with the arrival of an ancient, cloven-hoofed vampire named Kakistos and his blood-sucking sidekick, Mr. Trick. In an extremely interesting coincidence, which Buffy does not believe in, Sunnydale also has another new arrival, a new slayer named Faith, called to replace Kendra, who died at the end of Season 2. Faith clearly has secrets, but quickly ingratiates herself into Buffy's life. And after Buffy discovers the history between Faith and Kakistos, the two team up to kill him once and for all. In the middle of reading that summary, Allie took a screenshot, and that is really funny because we forgot to do it at the beginning. <laughs> and Allie, you got to smile at the camera. That was just a crime Action against humanity, shot. what you just did to me. Okay. Well, whatever. That's going to be a fun one to post. Yep, yep. Anywho... What struck me as I was preparing to put this on was how a new person, if this was their first time watching this episode, they would have no no clues as to what this episode is about. To anyone who is familiar with the show, the title Faith, Hope, and Trick, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is where we meet Faith and we meet Mr. Trick. But And Scott Hope. It wouldn't be a giveaway. And Scott Hope. Oh, just I didn't I didn't know I didn't realize that until I was doing pre-research. I was like, what is that? Yep. Yep. Wow. Yep. Well, he's such a he's so not important to the series that like that, you know. Oh, but uh, yeah, he's he has a nice start. And I for some reason, there have definitely been times in my life where I was like, justice for Scott. Like no one remembers Scott. Everybody just talks about Angel and Riley. But he's he's all right. He's I. Um, he's still a male, am I right? 
<laughs> anyway. Oh, uh, yeah. So it's interesting how for, for anyone re-watching, that is a giveaway. And anyone new, it is not. So we start off strong with so much Oz, which makes me happy. The first quote of this episode that I wrote down. So the group is heading, going to head off to step off campus for the first time because now they're seniors. They can go off campus for lunch. And Willow is taking in this moment. And Oz says, oh, I like you, Giddy. Always have. It's just adorable. This is such a darling moment. Yeah, Willow is preparing to to come off campus. And her friends clearly know her very well because Xander and Cordelia <laughs> come up behind her. And Xander and Oz both grab her by the arm. And she's immediately like, no, 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 I can't. What if I get Married in trouble? What if they change the rules? Yeah. I love it. That wasn't an, That wasn't an option for us, right? No, I mean, absolutely if you were, not. If you were in an internship, you could leave campus, but there was definitely no like going to lunch off campus. Yeah, no, no going off campus for lunch. Yeah, the liability that you would incur and the keeping track of kids who, yeah, absolutely not. It's a great idea, but definitely a TV idea. I don't know that that would really go well in the real world. And not, not just TV. I know my mom got to, but that's small town. Really? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. They got to go off. I wonder how many for, students for were in her class because with the right number, you could feasibly handle that. <laughs> Not a lot. Yeah, we had hundreds. <laughs> she knew all of all of her. Yeah, yeah. We had hundreds. She had, I don't know, probably less than a hundred. Would be my guess. I'm sure she'll correct me later when she listens to this episode. Listeners, report in if you were allowed to go off campus for lunch in high school. So, Buffy has made a picnic. And it's very cute. As they're walking up, uh, they're talking about how they should decouple because they don't want to make Buffy feel like mm-hmm. the fifth wheel. And Cordelia has my first quotable quote from Cordelia of the episode. She says, oh, you mean because of how the only guy that ever liked her turned into a vicious killer and had to be put down like a dog? And that is hilarious, but incorrect. There have been plenty of men along the way who have liked Buffy and yes. they did not turn into vicious killers. That is correct. The first relationship, definitely not her, or the first person to ever have a crush on Buffy. And so they're they're commenting. They're like, oh, yeah, Martha Stewart, eat her heart, eat her heart out because um, Buffy has prepared this very adorable picnic for everybody. And someone says, like, yeah, but Martha couldn't, you know, slay a vampire. And Oz says, oh, I heard she can, but she doesn't like to. <laughs> First of all, that's just like a really funny quip, but I think it's also funny because I think it's more appropriate of a joke now more than ever as she's like post having been to prison. She's now like best buds with Snoop Dogg. Yeah, there's this research. Like she definitely has more of like a rant now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that then this, that was like before we knew that side of her. So I think it's funny how that. Normally, things don't age well, but that has actually super aged well. Buffy was ahead of its time. So they're talking about how Buffy is continuing to try to get into school. They have a meeting with Snyder tomorrow to keep shaking him down. And 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 then Scott Hope walks up and he says hi to Buffy. Yes. It's so cute. And I was I was just going to say my first fashion comment for this episode. Um, I love this soft girl moment that Buffy is having. 
She's got like the sweater and a pretty floral sundress. And she has this super cute butterfly clip in her hair, which is very 90s, very soft girl. And it's just after everything she's been through, it feels nice to see her in this light. Mm. You know, she's not in the like the leather, the fighting. She's like having a picnic with her friends. Very nice. Not in the deep red. We're back to, you know, teenage puppy. Yeah, yeah. And I do think doing like on the spot script analysis, I think this is very intentional because once Faith comes in, I think it's a stark contrast to the like leather and boots of Faith to like the floral prints of Buffy. We might say it's our favorite J word. You're right. It is It is setting up a beautiful juxtaposition. Oh, uh, you're right. That is my favorite J word. Oh, that was nice. Very nice. So, yeah. So, the little Scott. We get introduced to Scott Hope. Scott Hope, indeed. There's this Basic, moment horrible. where this guy. Willow says something to Buffy along the lines of, oh, yeah, do that thing that guys like you to do <laughs> with your mouth. And Buffy looks at her. And little kid Nick watching this didn't get the blowjob joke there. <laughs> yeah. But then she yeah, clarifies just, that oh, she's talking about a half smile thing. And yep. Willow is yeah. very cute as Scott walks by, which is the most benign interaction ever. Sweet, but benign. And she goes, I think that went very well. Don't you think that went well? <laughs> it is. It's nice. It's nice. And I, I don't know. It's this lovely, that early stage of like, the butterflies every time you see somebody and just like how even just like the hello hello is so significant because it's like every little every little move everything i don't know i love i love that beginning stuff of a relationship yeah we overanalyze stuff with boys all the time we would ad nauseum we would have done the exact then... same thing oh he glanced at me for half a second as opposed to a second what does that mean okay. what is that yeah Hated. He said hello first, yeah. and I said hello back, but he was the first one to approach and say hello. Yeah, he is in this episode. He does a lot of really great. Well, I have a comment on one of his moves mm -hmm. later mm -hmm. on that I have a feeling you'll agree with. But yeah, he makes very definite, very hard and fast signs of like, I am interested. Please respond. That I think is very nice. It's definitely, he is not ambiguous about his intentions at all in a very nice, like, not creepy way. Men everywhere take creepy. notes, except for mm -hmm. one thing that he does that we'll get into later. Okay. Anyways, so I have one more quote. Okay. So I think Buffy's kind of pushing back on the idea of you know getting back into it or whatever, and she says, um, she said, she says, all right, yes, I want to date and shop and hang out and go to school and save the world from unspeakable de unspeakable demons. You know, I want to do girly stuff. Yes, I loved that. I love that. That 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 first scene is just so wonderful. It is definitely like a perfect example of why this is my favorite season. Um, just it's just like really hitting its groove and everyone's clicking. And now we're gonna have the introduction of a couple more characters who I also love as characters. So um are we at the drive-thru? We're at the drive-thru. The limo rolls up. I have just a cost of living note here. Mr. Trick <laughs> is in the car with a with a we get we get a sense of it we get a sight of his clove hand, um, but that's it so far. Mm -hmm. He orders a diet soda and it's eighty nine cents. 
and just ouch because that is not what that costs anymore sorry to be a boomer but whatever sure it's true but you know it's still probably only like a dollar or so we can medium soda we can test that i'll we'll we'll that's a good question actually it's for sure uh, i don't know when mcdonald's it's definitely not 89 cents but it's not 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 much more i don't know Allie. we'll see um, Mr. Trick okay. also makes a note that Sunnydale is full of white people, and I'm glad that. Yes, I said- love him calling out the whiteness of Sunnydale. It's awesome. <laughs> this introduction to him, I love Trick. Like, actually, if I had to do like a top ten favorite characters of the season of of the series, like Trick might actually make the list because he is just ah. Oh, there's something so rich about the second we meet him. There, he's already giving us like the way that he talks, the kind of like things he's calling out where he's talking about like, yes, you know, he likes how they call him sir and all this stuff. I, he is so fun. Mm-hmm. He's, he's just such a great addition to the show. I have a trivia note about him when we get to that section at the end because, yeah, he's just a great, just a great bad guy. Oh, okay. I might have to, before we, before you tell that, I'll have to. I'm going to guess what it is because I have a, I have a feeling. Okay. Yeah. So they establish that. Um, so Trick is saying something and then the ugly dude that he's in the car with makes clear that we're here for one thing. That's the quote. And Mr. Trick says yep. to kill the Slayer. Yeah. And all of us are like, oh, no, Buffy's in danger, which is funny. I know. Because we don't. Yeah. Yeah. And I love his response where he's like, yeah, yeah. Like, but we could do other things, too. Like. Just this great air. And then we're at the theme uh, theme song. I just have a th- one final note that the kid that he manages to kill in that restaurant. <laughs> my guy. Le- oh. I, I'm not trying to victim blame here, but I'm going to need you to lean far back from that window there. You didn't have to die there. You, did, you were unaware of your surroundings. Um, I just, of all the things that like, you would maybe potentially encounter as a drive-through window service person. Uh, I really don't think having somebody launch at you, having somebody launch at you, you think that's not among the things that you would be like in a worst case scenario, what could happen here? Maybe grab your hand, but like there are videos of, there are videos of, of non of humans launching themselves at the window. See, at launching themselves at the window, not like grabbing you and pulling you out. But then we then, then we layer in the the Sunnydale aspect to it. That's yeah, yeah, that's true. I that's have true. a trivia note about I don't this I, about I this gentleman I, too. I was just more thinking like this poor guy. He's on the night shift. He is like almost definitely the one of maybe three people there because it's like. You can see it does not, it's not hustling and bustling. Mm. So it's like, I just, poor guy. Uh, I will. I was, just, I, was more, I was a little more sympathetic. I will agree with you. I do feel sympathy for him, but you know. All right. That's my comment for the night that'll get me canceled. That's good. Now we're at intro. Okay. So I noticed one of the first shots of the intro is the gang all running because we have to have a, a running shot. And Faith is in the group in that running shot. Has it? I didn't care enough to answer this question to actually like go back and watch the intro from the last two episodes. But like, so has Faith been in the intro from the first, from the beginning of the season? 
That's a very good question. I actually don't know the answer to that. I guess, I guess so. My guess would be, I mean, again, very easy to answer this question. I just simply didn't. That could be fun to figure that out. That was just interesting. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Neat. So it's just like a, it's been a little hint that was there the first two episodes. Yeah. Neat. We'll have to go back and see. So we are at the bronze and there's still essential music playing. And oops, actually, we're not out of the bronze. It's a dream. There's been a lot of dream sequences this season. And I think the whole antithesis of this scene is that Buffy feels extraordinary guilt still over Angel because she drops yes, definitely. the ring and he starts bleeding and he tells her to go to hell. And then we see ugly Angel. He says, I did. And yeah, it's quite sad. I just have the note. Mm, I bet Angel's shirt is so soft. <laughs> Doesn't it look like just like a really soft shirt? It does. I think it's interesting he only wears white when he bleeds. Mm. We're like That's fair. in dreams. Yeah, I think we see him in an undershirt a few times, but yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely in some some white um, A shirts. But yeah. And it's and you've got this <laughs> the super weird, the the Scoobies all just like staring at them. Very funny. Yeah, what does that um, mean? Great from a special- dream analysis what? perspective. What does it mean? Like that was intentional. That that in this dream sequence, yes, the Scoobies definitely. are watching. So, I think it's also the the pressure that not only is she feeling this guilt about killing Angel that the other that the group doesn't know about because they think she just killed Angelus. Mm-hmm. It's also the pressure I think she feels to move on because also mm. they're all very like blank faced. Mm-hmm. There's no sympathy in their faces. There's no like reactions or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in just the last scene, we have Willow mm-hmm. pressuring her to start dating again, even though they say like it's a month for every it's a month for every year you were together. Oh, cool. Right. Well, that's helpful of- for my I thought it was half the length we were together and I was looking at myself being recently single off of my, okay, good. I was like four and a half Yeah, it's a month for, well, one of the, yeah, one of the the measurements is like a month for, a month of mourning for every year you were together. Whoa. And if we, if we're counting the first season, so that's like at least two months and that's not counting special circumstances for like how you broke up. I think that also adds time to your clock. And I'll get into later how how not good of friends I think they are being currently. Yeah. But that's what I think the little peanut gallery is. It's like her feeling very watched and not feeling like she can have this time to deal with her angel emotions because they're all just like watching her and her feeling like she has to like hurry up and be okay. Wow, that was incredible analysis, Allie. And I also share – I'm. Excited to hear more about your perspective of them being needlessly pushy because I think I share it too. Good. Okay. Yeah. So. Oh, and and just the last thing was some great. That's I think that's some really great special effects when he goes all charred and like hell. I've been in hell face. Mm. Um, just some really good. Ugly, ugly, ugly. Clear decay. Yeah. Yeah, he can still get it. Yes. Agree. I I said it. Put a bag over the face. It'll be fine. It'll be okay. You're like, doesn't even need a bag over the face. Doesn't even need a bag. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so it's noteworthy to me that in her nightstand, when she wakes up, she has the Clauda still on a chain. 
And then Joyce comes mm-hmm. in. His clock, his clock, not hers. His clock. Oh, uh, I didn't she know kept, that. That's his. That's why it's on a chain because it wouldn't. It would be too big on her finger. She couldn't wear it. Allie, you are very perceptive tonight. Usually, you're just so dumb. This is amazing. <laughs> well, part of it is because I too have a significant other's ring on a chain because it doesn't fit me. Oh, our first Christmas together, Hayden gave me his dad's wedding band. Stop it. So I have a oh. ring on a chain. So like, I know what it means when a ring is on a chain. Oh, stop it. God, I'm going to throw <laughs> up all over you. God, that's so cute. There were lots so of cute. shots I of her it. in this episode showing that she clearly has a couple rings on. And I just, none of them were ever clear enough for me to notice if she was wearing her clatus. My assumption is that one of those rings was, but I, it was never quite clear enough that I could tell. Maybe that's something else we can do some sleuthing about. Who knows? Listeners, let us know if you have any of that fancy FBI technology. Let's use zoom in. Please do. So Joyce and Buffy are meeting with Snyder. Snyder is highly unhappy because he has to uh, allow Buffy back in. He's presenting a list of ridiculous demands that I don't think would hold up under any sort of legal scrutiny, but I guess Buffy's just choosing the path of least resistance and is going to comply with them. Because if she's been cleared of wrongdoing, I don't think that you can put on conditions to... Absolutely not. Allow her back, yeah. he's. Uh, but that's not surprising. And I think what Joyce says, or what Buffy, whoever says, we went over your head, and they say that you have to provide education to anyone not in prison... I think that is them saying that, like, everything you just said is BS. You have to educate her, so she's coming back to school. Um, I think in that statement is them saying, like, yeah, I'm not going to do any of that. Well, she does. She complies with all of it. She takes her makeup tests. Oh, that's true. That's true. I forgot. Yeah, about, about the makeup tests. But I feel like that is also just a condition of her. Like, I think the makeup tests are actually fair. As far as, like, the school that she missed and her being able to, like, rather than entirely retake those classes, being able to continue forward, I think the makeup tests are actually pretty reasonable. But we're going to see the, we're going to see the the letter recommendation. We're going to see the psychologist. I think that oh, they were. Right. They do comply. Yeah. I agree with I you that, I, that, that I, I think that they were saying this is BS and we know it's BS, but they were like, you know what? We'll just, we'll. Yeah. Whatever. We'll do it. Well, and I feel like Joyce, I feel like Joyce on her end is probably like, yeah, you ran away. Yeah. This is what you get. You got to sleep in the bed you made. Yeah, I bet that you're kind right. Of thing. But I love this petty moment they have in the office. Oh, it's so good. Yes. Joyce just going, I think what my daughter means is, na 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 na. Like, yeah, mom. Yes. <laughs> they just walk out triumphant. Yeah, Joyce, let her be, let be petty in this moment. Just do it. Well, because he's just being so objectively awful. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. despite what feelings she may have. it's. I think it's also one of those things of like, I can discipline my child or like, I can be hard on my kid. You can't be that hard on my kid. That kind of like defensive. Like, yeah, I can make fun of my sibling. You can't say the same shit that I would. Yeah, totally. So they walk out triumphant. Good shit. And mm-hmm. Buffy walks into the library and Giles starts asking her about Akafla, and he is kind of spinning this story about how he needs to make sure, talks about a binding spell, about how he needs to make sure Akafla is 
actually done. And Willow asks if she could help. And Jael says, yeah, with the research. And he's, mm-hmm. I think, making clear that he's not super thrilled about her continuing in the witchy stuff. Yeah. Um, and we have this moment where Buffy is like, that's okay, Giles. Like, you don't have to say how happy you are that I'm back and blah, 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 blah. And Giles says, how about, you know, of, well, of course, it, it does go without saying, but you enjoy making me say it. Um, and you know what? As someone who needs verbal communication, I'm with Buffy. Mm. I don't care if I, like, I know that you're proud of me or, like, I know that you're happy to have me back. I still like to hear it, too. I still, I you know, the words are so important to me, even though, like, of course, she knows that Giles is, like, of course, happy that she's back. I'm with her. Make him say it. Yeah. 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 She, when somebody goes through something terrible like that, of course, you say, mm-hmm. yay, it's done. Welcome back. So glad to right. have you here. Yeah. I'm with her, too. Should, like, be gifting her a fancy pen or something. Like, Ooh, I like that. Celebrate it. I'm all about, yeah, celebrate celebrate the moments. Yeah, Giles clearly still not psyched about Willow dabbling in magic, which, given his up his youthful dalliances, to, to say it lightly, um, I can see where he would be apprehensive. I kind of feel like he's not giving Willow enough credit because she's a pretty cautious, careful person herself. I might have encouraged him to see... What do you think? I, I think... I think that Giles, as somebody who went down the wrong path, could see a somebody around the same age that he was starting to be interested in it. And rather than saying, don't do that, could say, let's practice this together. That's what I, that's what I was going to say. Because just completely like banning somebody from something never works, yes. literally in the history of ever. Yeah, I agree. Definitely, I think would be more constructive to have a, well, if you're going to do it, let's learn the right way kind of situation. You know, like parents who teach their kids how to drink properly, like at home, so they don't like lose their minds when they leave the house. Yeah, I agree. I think that would be more productive. And that feels like an apt comparison, actually. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, especially will become yeah more apt as time goes on. Yeah, um, but not for... Not for quite some time. Um, I will say I'm still kind of upset with Buffy not telling Willow that the spell worked. I mean, I I see why, and I see why she would be she would avoid talking about it in just totally in general, because um, clearly they have not been supportive about her grieving process. But I think, but in that same vein, I think they would have been more, maybe more understanding if she had been honest that like. It worked. I killed Angel, not Angelus. I feel like they would maybe give her give her more leeway. I don't know. I just don't like... Because the same way that Buffy is carrying guilt for what she did, I think Willow's been carrying guilt as well for her spell not working. Yeah, I bet, I bet Buffy is saying to herself, she can't know that it worked and I had to... Ki- she can't know that it worked in that it was too late and I had to kill him anyways and I killed Angel because that's too much of a burden to put on my friends. But I agree that prop like it's the we've run into this so many times where if it was like if everybody just shared a skosh more, yeah. It would it would be better for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Although I as I, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking of more 
of both more more points on both sides because also like if we think back to dead man's party willow has not been the greatest friend to buffy she has not been the most understanding which i can see where that would make it harder to confide in her in in future times um you know we like to think that like you know oh we're moved on we're all better and stuff but like if we're really doing this analysis i can see where that would factor in i know the listeners weigh in we have to keep moving, Allie. So. Okay, you're right, you're right. Uh, let's see. Okay, so Buffy runs off to take um, take an exam. Um, she has just shared kind of a lot of details about the slaying of Angel. And she shares a lot, but not that his soul was restored. And then after Buffy leaves, Giles and Willow have another exchange about how Giles wants Willow to like chill on the magic stuff. Yep, yep, yep. So we're back at the bronze that night and we get a shot right. of who we learn is Faith and a vampire dancing. They kind of okay. they kind of fade in, but once you're watching for it, you're like, yeah, that's pretty cringy what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. As well, especially because it's so it's so dissonant the way that like she's all she's being like very hot and sexy dancing. He's like super dork. But anyway. Yeah, so the group is gathered. Buffy comes in. We we learn that she has passed her English makeup test. Uh, and then Scott comes in. And I just, I find this adorable. They're like, Scott, what are you doing here? And Scott says, you told me if I came after eight, I could run into Buffy. <laughs> That's like, okay, that was adorable. Oh, He's like, sorry, I, I don't like lying. You know, and it's just... It's very precious and sweet and endearing. I think there's something particularly attractive of him just being open and plain and normal. I think that becomes very attractive given Buffy's situation and her history. Something just sweet and nice. Yeah, there's no, the, yeah, it's very pure. It's very, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, very wholesome, which is nice. Yeah, I like it too. And so Scott asks her to dance. He's he's like cringy but adorable. It's like the endearing kind of you're a, a dork. Oh my goodness. And yeah. And Buffy declines and he's like, "Okay, I'm going to wait over here. You change your mind. You come over," which is also very mature of him. And Willow's like, "Come on, go get him. Go get him." And Oz says, "Plus bonus points for the use of the word mosey." Agreed, Oz. Oz has some good Agreed. lines in this episode. So yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of it's a lot of Oz in this episode, and I'm here for it. Cordelia and Xander come over, and Cordelia has noticed Faith, who's dancing, and and um, they make some comment about how how the guy is dancing strangely, and and Buffy is like, well, he's clearly a vampire. Yeah, it's it's very it's very similar to what she noticed in Pilot. Mm-hmm. With the, she's mentioning the fashion and stuff, and she's like, "Oh, he's not just like a dorky dancer. He gen because because Cordelia's comment is sounds like he hasn't listened to anything since Casey and the Sunshine Band. That was what a, it was. Yeah, it's like a dis, which is like a disco group. So it's like that's why he's dancing that way because that's when like he was probably alive. Um, same with the fashion, and same in that in that pilot." Buffy notices the things that she says is the clothes, but we all know that she's like yeah. picking it. There's some Slayer vibes going on here too. 
Oh yeah. Well, it's it. She's noticing that and interpreting that information through her Slayer lens. Like, yeah, that's not just somebody who's like a few months behind. This is somebody who's decades behind. Mm. But side note, everything I know about sexy club dancing, I learned from Faith. <laughs> she that's is. It. That's, that's yeah, she's. Da- I, I thought about this too. She's dancing sexily. The lights are fully on and she's not drunk. I could never, ever. <laughs> I yes. mean, I can't yeah. anyways, but certainly not under those circumstances. And she's just out having a good time. Good for her. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, that's just like some hot girl privilege. Like that's just that. Good for her work a girl. Okay, so Buffy goes and so Faith and the vampire leave. Buffy goes to follow them. She gets stopped by poor Scott, who thinks that he's coming she's coming to dance with him. And um there's kind of a twist here because everybody goes outside and they expect to see this girl getting killed, and nope, it is Faith wailing on this guy. And before they see them, uh, Willow says, that's not what making out sounds like, unless I'm doing it wrong. Very sweet. No, Willow, you're not doing it wrong. Definitely not. Um, I think this is a pretty epic intro to Face. Just uh, side note. Yeah. Well, and something that I noticed, and again, it's probably, you know, knowing the end of this episode, coloring how I feel, she's like... I feel like she's wailing on him to a point that she could have ended it sooner. Mm-hmm. And so we see, I think this is just like right off the bat, us seeing her enjoying the fight and kind of just like relishing in the fight rather than it being simply to serve the purpose of slaying mm-hmm. or, you know, fighting them off to get to an opening to then slay them. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, because she like borrows, she like grabs the stake from Buffy. But I just feel like, yeah, she had enough of the upper hand, I think, that she could have ended it sooner. That's going to come up in my hot take section. Yeah. Okay, so cut to commercial afterwards. We're back inside and Faith is kind of regaling everybody with their stories. She tells one about being naked and Xander is just ogling. And yeah, Faith Xander, has this quote. She says, I could eat a horse. Isn't it crazy how slaying just always makes you hungry and horny? Yep, I wrote that one down too. That's a pretty famous one. And they all just look at Buffy. Yep. Like, do you have something to say? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, they definitely don't uh, view slaying the same way. Um, Faith mentions Boston, that she was like slaying this guy in Boston. Uh, Eliza Dushku, the actress who plays Faith, uh, is actually from Boston. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, she's a Boston native. Um, she, I, rem- I remember because she posted a lot about it and she did a lot of like hometown community service after the uh, Boston Marathon bombings. Mm. What was the show she was in about the ghosts that she would help move on? Do you remember the show? Am I right that it was her? I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think it was a little, a bit after Angel maybe. Was it after or was it before? True Calling, boom. It was after you, right? True Calling. Oh, there it is. There it is, True Calling. Um, I, Yeah, I never actually watched it. Sure, it was good. on for two seasons. I remember liking it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then she was on Dollhouse, which is just a master class. Mm. Um, just the number number of different characters that she plays. It's the same 
same level of energy that the lead in um, Orphan Black, like just the number of very distinct characters that she plays is just astounding. Anywho, so Faith is regaling them with her exciting tales, and we see that Buffy is clearly not enjoying these tales. She's not enjoying the fawning that all of her friends are. And honestly, as someone who is very territorial over their friends, I'd be with you, Buff. This is completely someone coming in on her turf and them just like all being immediately enamored. And during a time when she's already feeling isolated from her friends, I'm with her. Also, they, they're they not being... It's not just Buffy feeling like she's encroaching. They are talking over Buffy when she, Buffy starts to tell the story of the rocket and launcher that Faith asks about and they like cut her off. Which is a fucking badass yeah, story. Yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. Buffy's friends are not the winners in this episode between the... Definitely not. Which is also like, thinking about it again, why wouldn't they, why would they interrupt her to tell that story? Because like, Xander, that's where you got to use your military experience to go steal a rocket launcher from an army base. Wouldn't you want her to tell that story? Yeah. Clearly being some dumb bitches here. Yeah, they are not being even strategic. Yeah, agree. So no. I think we also established that Faith is in Sunnydale because her washer is at some retreat in England and they're surprised that Giles isn't there. There's this whole talking over Buffy bullshit. It's not ideal. Yep, yep. So the next day they're on the library and I guess Giles is filling in and Giles says of the conference that the one watcher is at that he's not. He says, it's a great honor to be invited or so I'm told. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, poor Giles. I also would have thought that as the one of two Watchers who's currently assigned a Slayer, he would be at all of the Watcher conferences, but what do I know? Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's like, he's the most important. Shouldn't they be, like, using all of their resources to support this Watcher? Because it's not like they, they give him the excuse of, like, well, you're on active duty. You can't take time away yeah um because that would be like sort of understandable no he just like isn't invited yep so poor poor giles uh faith hits on giles which is strange faith says if i had known they came that young and cute i would have requested a transfer and it's not that i disagree with her correct <laughs> just in it it's just bold bold saying it like in front of everybody this isn't like a girl's night sleepover you were like okay come on guys don't you think that giles is cute no this is like to his face in front of everybody this is i mean she doesn't know buffy well enough at this point but like this is buffy's dad you're talking about yeah right <laughs> and so and like, he's right there chill? Too. Yeah. <laughs> and he's right there and he's right there yeah and also, kind of weird. He clearly likes it. Yeah, yeah. and is very and is like very flattered. Yeah. So also strange. Yeah, just lots of. I don't know why. I feel like they went too far having everybody's everybody so charmed by her. Yeah, like it's clearly not just from. It's clearly not Buffy's insecurity. It's what's actually happening. I That also comes up in my hot take section. Man, Allie, you are setting me up here. I appreciate it. You're so welcome. So Buffy's going to get pressured into inviting Faith to dinner after they patrol together. And I'm not mad that, I mean, you should invite her to 
dinner. Like you guys are both slayers. And shit, I so agree with. I, I do agree with that, but it is still the force closest. Whatever. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm with you that like I agree that them bonding and maybe even Faith having a parental figure while her watcher is supposedly at this conference, like those are positive things. But it's just a it's a stack of lots of like little things picking on Buffy. Right. So. Uh, Buffy asks Willow if she could have some help studying for the health science makeup, and Willow blows her off to. Give Go hang out with a tour uh, with Faith. The school, which is really fucked up. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, so they're on the tour. They're saying all of the different spots that stuff has happened, and they run into Scott. And Faith immediately starts flirting, and Willow's on board. Yeah. What the actual fuck? Because like Buffy comes up and she's like, "Yay, against her pastor thing," and she's like, "What's everybody looking at?" And Willow's like, yeah, maybe Faith would be good for Scott. I mean, if you're done with him. Like, the actual fuck, Willow. Willow told Scott to go to the bronze at a certain time to run into Buffy the previous night. Like, honestly, fuck you, Willow. I don't I don't know what's gotten into you. I don't know what's going on. Like, this is not okay. Yeah, we're going to need to figure this out, homegirl. Yeah. Give me my wholesome Willow back, please. Please and thank you. I'd like to return to where you were at the beginning of the episode. Thanks. Yep. So we have this scene where um, I think the the point of the scene between Kakistos and Mr. Trick is that Mr. Trick is continuing to have a different vision for what their life could look like. And Kakistos is has a one track mind on killing the Slayer. And we learn that the Slayer that he's trying to kill is Faith. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it didn't come, didn't come for Buffy. Yep. Uh, yeah, Mr. Trick is trying to revolutionize them, bring them into the 21st century. Kistos doesn't share the vision. Nope. And it'll ultimately be his undoing. <laughs> okay, so we're eating dinner. I have a lot of feelings about this scene, too. As if I don't have a lot of oh feelings about God, every so single many feelings. scene. I know, I know. And just uh, on top of everything, like, Willow's betray betraying her, and then, like, Joyce is on this train, too. Like... Can Buffy fucking catch a break? And Joyce completely says Faith relishes in the fighting and Joyce cheers Faith on in relishing in the fighting. And that is completely different from how Joyce hates the violence. And now she's like, oh, yeah, right. why don't you enjoy it more? Why don't you? You can't be so negative. You, yeah. Like, what do you want from you be her? More yeah. Yeah. Why not be so negative? I mean, I do because... I do understand later she's like, well, Faith really enjoys it. What if she just took over and you got to like just be normal and go to college? And I understand that instinct because come on, Buff, you, you've you also had that thought since you've had other. Because actually they all brought up the same thing with Kendra. Mm -hmm. So it's not, not a new position. But she some she again, somebody talks over Buffy mm -hmm. as she's trying to say something. And Joyce just like completely taking her side and just, ugh. And we come to a quote from Joyce, which I think is undeniably the gayest moment of this episode. Oh my God, yes. And she says, I have tried to march in the Slayer Pride Parade. <laughs> You're like, okay, well, that, that metaphor isn't subtle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when you watch it with the subtitles on, Pride is capitalized too, which what? just really? makes it even more clear. Yeah. <laughs> so funny well which is which is really interesting because 
talk about things that we didn't use to notice. Um, when I was first watching Buffy, this was before I was aware of like the literal organized pride parades, mm-hmm. not just like pride being like, yay, mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. your pride in something. Yeah. So yeah, that, that headline takes on completely different context as I'm watching it now. It's so fantastic. I wrote down that quote too as the gayest moment of the episode. I do want to put it's a it. fine point on this. There is something particularly morally bankrupt to me about Joyce. Okay, she doesn't like when Buffy is violent. And then when Faith is violent, she's like, oh, great. She likes it. She is saying like, so if her if her motive from, from cheering on Faith enjoying slaying is to get her daughter to not have to do it, then you are sending another girl the same age you yes. do the shit that you don't want your daughter to do. Yeah. That's disgusting. Yep. Okay. Yeah, definitely sacrificing somebody else so to save the safety of your own child. Which I get, like, is a thing that happens, but it's still, I just... Mm. Yeah, it's it's still not, it's still really not great. Yeah, or she's just, like, very weirdly compartmentalizing, like, she's cheering on Faith's enthusiasm for the gig, but doesn't love violence. And then she also like, is it is it in the scene when Buffy is like, all right, I'm going to take down Kikisos, and they're like, well, Faith should go with you. It must be. I think it's a lighter Scooby scene because they're saying like, well, you know, two Slayers are better than one, right? Uh, but Joyce is just saying like, oh, well, she could take over. Yeah, it's there's probably all sorts of mental gymnastics happening. Oh, and this is where Joyce learns that Buffy died. Yeah. (laughs) Whoops. Yeah, she says. (laughs) She says, I wrote down this quote. Uh, she says, oh, I hate this. I hate your life. And I wrote down, that's reasonable, actually. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's, again, the, like, the word choice. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I think we talked about this on, on the podcast before. But if we didn't, I remember ages ago asking my mom, hypothetically, if I were gay, like, what would be your response? And she'd be like, well, of course I wouldn't care. I would just be, my heart would hurt for the difficulty that you would face in your life. And I thought that was a really sweet way yeah. of saying like, of course I would accept you. I just wouldn't like what you would be going through. Yeah, ideal response. And yep. Right, it was, a, it was a really lovely response. Julie gets an A+. Plus. Um, and it's like that kind of wording that I feel like is what Joyce was going for but completely missed the mark <laughs> on the actual words that came out of her mouth. Uh, I hate your life. That uh, wasn't that, was, that wasn't it. Uh, do you want to try that again? That wasn't what you meant. Come on. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, so they're patrolling. Uh, this is some okay. good stuff that happens here. Okay. They're patrolling, and Faith is like, haven't we been down here before? And Bobby's like, yeah, but they come back, and... Then Faith says, you've been doing this the longest. And Buffy says, I have. And she says, maybe a little too long. And just the fiery sparks between them. Kiss, girls. Kiss. Do it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Is, that, is, this, is this supposed to be the gayest moment? <laughs> um, so they get into this fight. They, they run up on some Kakistos um, cronies. And actually, in a move that I love, Faith picks up a, 
a big trash can and puts it on the vampire to kind of like contain him and then like yeah wasn't that great that was great and i was like that was a great moment that was some really good slayer using your surroundings i liked that and then uh i i think this is faith revealing some of her own history uh she says my dead mother hits harder than that oh oh Woof. wow we just said a lot with that oh man we just said a lot which like could theoretically being like could just be like something she just said to be a slayer quip but i get the feeling given the i don't know everything about faith uh, i get the feeling <laughs> that it's true <laughs> Well, and and just this whole scene, you find a lot about Faith, how she just 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 zones in and just wails on this guy to to the detriment of Buffy, too. Right. And she says, you can't touch me. And yes, which is it, which, again, was like that also makes me think about other potential events in her past life. And Buffy's just like, there's something wrong with you, girl. Yeah. Yes. I almost died. And then, and then, of course, right. And then, of course, Faith's like, I thought you said you could handle yourself. And it's like, okay, yes, I do believe that Buffy would have handled it. I mean, she did handle it. But it's also that, like, but you're here, so you might as well help. Right. Like, we're supposed to be a team here. I can indeed handle it. Yeah. And also, that does not negate the fact that you dropped the ball hardcore here. Right. To sit there and pummel this guy. Right. Which doesn't isn't actually helpful because it's a vampire. Yes, you actually beating him to a pulp isn't helpful for anybody. Right, it's distracting. Right, but that's it. Okay. Yep. So we're back at school. Okay. Buffy is debriefing with Giles, and we're doing this gaslighting Buffy thing again, where Buffy's like, "This was not okay," and Giles is like, "Yeah, he got she got carried away. She's new to this. She, oh my god, if we don't stop." If we don't start trusting Buffy's instincts, I'm going to reach through the screen and throttle each and every one of you. Absolutely. So Buffy said, or Giles says that he'll try to reach out to Face Watcher to learn more. And Buffy also says kissing toast. And Giles knows that she's talking about kikistos. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> kissing toast? Maybe taquitos. Maybe he lived for taquitos. <laughs> I live for taquitos. I get it. <laughs> I think it's interesting here that the part of like part of what made the master so strong was just that he was such an ancient vampire. And now we have a vampire who's just kind of appearing for an episode. And he's like the the power scaling that is going to happen throughout the series. We're kind of watching out and talked to the master also yeah. had like mind abilities and stuff but it's like oh mm -hmm. i thought that the master was like a one-time okay maybe yeah. not yeah well and also i think part of like the reason the master was in his situation was why he was so weakened like he was like a big deal but was temporarily weakened and that's why they had to have like the harvest and all that whereas kikistos is like still very powerful mm. and it's like up and about and also just very interesting the idea that he's so ancient his hands and feet are cloven as in the original vampires were closer to demons and it's just interesting for the like the demonology lore hmm. yeah that is interesting i would read a spinoff novel about that there i mean there might even be yeah hmm. i'll have to look into it vampire, vampire tales 
So Buffy's like, this is a lot of coincidences that this ancient vampire happened to come into town the same time as my mm-hmm. new little sister. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which did make me wonder, like, do we think Faith is the same age? Hmm. I mean, obviously it's hard to tell because uh, neither of them are genuinely 17, really 18. That's a really good question. Like, canonically, do we think they're the same age? Um, I think I just kind of always assumed that they were, but... I could see Faith being a little older. I don't know. Or younger. I was I was actually going to say I could see her being oh. a little younger. Interesting. Huh. Not, not like by much, but maybe like a year or so. Like enough that she's just going with the whole like the over-enthusiastic, the... Mm-hmm. Uh, lack of foresight, lack of forethought, overreactive. Like those are all very like young qualities. So thinking of the of the possibility of her not just being young to slay, but actually like in age younger. Hmm. There's literally nothing to back it up. Um, There's just the thought I had. Other than our own brilliant insights. Yeah, who knows? So Buffy says she's going to go talk to Faith, and on the way out, she runs into Scott. This is, is this where you have some feelings, Allie, about what Scott does? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so initially, Scott is good. He's like, want to come to this music festival? This is going to be the last try, I promise. I yep. don't want to weird you out. Uh, movie festival. Movie festival. Movie festival. Sorry, what did Buster I say? Buster Keaton is a music. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Movie festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're, no, no, you're fine. It's just that a lot of people may not know who Buster Keaton was. Uh, he was a silent film era actor. And so if you think of like like Abbott and Costello, like those kinds of um, like silent movie era, slapstick comedian, early, early comedy. Sounds like a really boring date, but that's why he didn't invite no, me. No, no. Silent movies are actually like super fun. I watched an Abbott and Costello or no, it wasn't an Abbott and Costello. I watched a silent movie slapstick thing it, it, they're actually really fun and they're i can see it being a good time because also like it's all visual so like they could probably keep talking like i don't know i think it's a very cute different thing it's not just like any movie he's asking her to this thing it's also like an extended period of time and i i am all for everything up into the gift yeah okay you frame it out for people so, and then even his lead up to it is very sweet, um, which again, I, it's not an entire knock against him. I think it is well-intentioned, um, but he goes, he's like, I found this. The guy in the shop said it's supposed to symbolize friendship, which is something I would very much like to have with you. So I got you this little gift and we find out it's a clada, which there's just like a lot of things about this, like. Obviously, it has very significant, very, very big significance for Buffy, which he could not possibly have foreseen. That's not on him. But giving jewelry to a girl before you've even had your first date is a lot. A ring. That's and a ring. That is a lot. That's a lot. And again, it's a very, again, very sweet intention. And I think it comes from a good place. But I think it comes from also like, Lack of experience, naivete, and maybe some, like, male also lack of forethought and consequences. Just ill-advised, um, but again, sweet. Yeah, Just, Scott, you made it weird. Good try. You made it weird, though. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of made it weird. 
yeah, over like overall, like I don't think it makes it a bad guy. And I certainly wouldn't like I wouldn't even really consider it a red flag because oh, I would. Oh, you think so? Oh, yeah. I'm real weird about I'm real weird when somebody seems too eager. Nope. Mm. Nope. 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 We're noping out of there. Absolutely not. We're going to take things nice and slow and. You just take it in the context of everything he has done. Like when he asks her to dance, he's very like, I'm going to put this on the table and then we're just going to leave it there. You do with what you will. I'm going to go stand over there. If you come over, great. If you don't, you don't. And he even couches the ring with like, he talks about friendship. He's like, this is, it's supposed to symbolize friendship, which is something I would like to have with you. I think of that as like, I don't know. Like it doesn't. And then maybe if the girl has said she doesn't want to dance with you, maybe don't get her a gift. Agreed. Agreed. I still think like the gift is too much. I just think that like it is, it would not be enough that I'd be like, whoa, stalker. Like I would still be willing to give him a chance after the ring. I, it would make me question things, but not enough that I'd be like, this guy's creepy. Mm -hmm. Well, that's very like. There's a fine line. There's a difference. Yeah, give some grace, Allie. I don't know. He's cute. He's cute. I was single as fuck in high school. I probably would have seen past up. every red flag. <laughs> I <laughs> any interest? Like I, I could have ended up in some really awful situations in high school just because I was so like single and bitter and like desperate. Like, which is probably what everybody could sense on me, which is why I never had dates in high school. But, yeah, I could have fallen for some really bad situations. I think it's more that people were intimidated by you offered. because you knew exactly what you wanted out of everything in life. And I think that that was scary to clue this in. I don't think that they sense desperation at all. And we're well, moving on from you. this because I'm not hearing anything to the contrary. Okay. So we learn that Faith's washer has been killed. She lied. Oops. So Buffy's like, all right, I'm going to hightail it over there and learn more about what this. And we get to the motel where Faith is staying. And it is some shithole motel. She's fighting with the guy because yep. she, I guess, needs to pay. And mm -hmm. he agrees to, like, walk out or whatever. And that's when Buffy says kakistos to Faith. And she gets real spooked. Mm -hmm. And immediately starts packing. And this whole scene is just evidence of why... Buffy always has been, always will be the greatest of all time. She is the top. She is better. There is no debate. Faith immediately hears that the big guy is coming and she's running scared. And Buffy's not having it. Like, I, that would, Buffy would never do that. She just wouldn't. She not only wouldn't ever do that, but this, this like, she doesn't like Faith at this point. She has been, like, pretty turned off from Faith. Mm -hmm. And she's still giving, That's she's it. still asking kind questions. Like, what did he do yep. to you? And what, like, she's she she's doing it in like kind of a sassy way, but she's asking genuine questions about like how how do we mm -hmm. let's you don't have to run we don't we can figure this out, but you have to like tell me what's happening here, right? Right. He he says or she says to Faith, uh, he killed her, didn't he? And Faith says back to her, they don't have a word for what he did to her. Mm -hmm. It's also just. Um, striking to me that you kind of saw Faith's eyes get wide, which was such a departure from anything mm -hmm. we've seen. For, like, we have seen her many things in this episode, but scared is not one of them. And 
She's scared yeah, like of him. Like frozen scared. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. So then there's a knock on the door and mm-hmm. they open the door and Kiki's just is there. Yes, using the uh hiding behind the the pizza the landlord guy. Uh, I guess she's not gonna have to pay him though. That's that's true. He's also just helpful. looking like a real doofus because he's dead, but you know. Because he's dead. Yeah, I also I also think that's like I just want one more in like the inexperience or like lack of focus or just like lack of skill or whatever. Like I don't know. I feel like if Buffy looked out that same peephole, she might have noticed something was off. Maybe don't open the door. Maybe don't open the door. Yeah. Yeah. Like he doesn't look like he's just got this like some vacant expression. Like he looks not breathing. Right. Right. Yeah. Ugh. Good try, kids. So we cut to a commercial. When we come back, we see Faith really freak out. She screams and Buffy kind of takes okay. control, tells her to jump out the window. She follows her. Yep. She, yeah, she doesn't just scream. She like freaks the fuck out. Like there is no calm under pressure. There is no chill. Yeah. We have never seen, we have never seen Buffy react that way ever. I and uh, put a pin in that. Okay, so they all kind of run off and we see the vamps kind of make a plan to cut them off. And so they get into what they think is relative safely and Buffy goes, we're okay, what happened? And I just have a note here for Buffy. This probably, I know that you think you're in relative safety. This just like probably still is not the time to dig into things. Maybe wait till you're back home, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then Buffy reassures Faith again. Faith starts talking about how she she saw her watcher die by Kikisa's hand and how she couldn't stop him and she like whatever. And okay. Buffy says the first rule of slaying, don't die. You did the right thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very beautiful gift that Buffy has given her in that moment. Yeah, and I mean, I absolutely agree with her, despite me like shitting on Faith as a as a slayer. Like, still totally agree. You are the slayer. You're the priority. Also, not knowing anything about her her former watcher, like I guarantee she was much older, age before beauty. Like, <laughs> yes, absolutely, ab- absolutely the right thing that you know the watch. It's like the parent child thing. Like, yes, the watcher should die in defense of their slayer. And like I that is. I think the watcher would probably agree with that. The right too. order of things. Yeah. Right, and I think I think any watcher would agree with that. So I do, I do agree with Buffy. Yeah, in in that in that instance, rule number one: don't die. Number one: don't die. Buffy is kicking some ass, and Faith has mm-hmm. totally frozen. Kakistos even starts wailing on Faith at one point, and Buffy gets in. Buffy dispatches her vampires, and then even stakes Kakistos a few times too. But the stake isn't big enough, and Kakistos says, "I guess you need a bigger stake, Slayer," and Faith. <laughs> obliges with a much bigger stake yes yeah and there's even a moment of where once again faith is frozen and buffy calls out to her faith don't die and you know just like kind of continuing this like mentor coach role of like the veteran versus Hmm. the green Hmm. new person which again just she's she's the top she she wins she's because while it is faith who does find that like giant four by four or whatever it was and rams it through. Like I, I, I don't believe for a second that Buffy wouldn't have been able to dispatch him herself. Like she definitely got spooked a little bit 
once we see him get, I don't even think you can call that getting staked. Like, you can call it when it's something that big. Uh, <laughs> you can see impaled. that, like, impaled. Yeah, uh, you can see that, like, she had a moment of like, woof. That felt that felt close. Yeah, because later Buffy says she came through in the end, and I'm like, eh. she came through enough. <laughs> so, you did all the work. Yeah, yeah. It's like someone who, like, you know writes the entire presentation and then someone comes in and like does a good job of delivering it and it's like but like if i hadn't done all the other work (laughs) (laughs) that's what mentors do though yeah 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 i don't know i just feel like especially coming up in the season there's a lot of pitting buffy against faith yeah or pitting them against each other yeah um and a lot of comparison yeah and I'm just going to state it right now, for the record, there is no comparison. I think it's smart That's it. to, yeah, stake your claim early. I'll I'll be right there with you, too. Yeah. Yep. And also, I feel like it's also probably a, a pretty, like, typical view of, like, pitting women against each other, mm-hmm. all of that. I don't know. When two people are in the same position, I think it's natural to compare them. Um, I'm just saying there is no comparison. There's no contest. Retweet. Okay, so we're back at school. Giles has gotten the okay. news that Faith is going to stay in Sunnydale, and Giles will watch them both for the time being, and Buffy gives her some nice credit. And then this is when Buffy comes clean to Willow and Giles, who are in the library, about fully what happened okay. with the Kothla. So she says, your spell worked at the last minute, Will. And you just see the shot of Willow, and she's just devastated to mm-hmm. hear this news. And Buffy says, I've been holding on to that for so long. Felt good to get it out. Mm-hmm. And I do think there is a moment where, because Willow could in this moment retaliate and be like, why didn't you tell me? She could be like very upset, um, but she doesn't. Mm-hmm. She's in this moment. She's a good friend and like seems to actually take in and comprehend the weight of what of what this means for Buffy. And definitely, like, by the time we get to this point in the episode, my comment earlier of being upset that she wasn't coming clean to Will kind of reverses. Because, like, in this moment, you really see what it was doing to her and why she didn't feel like she could tell other people. All three of them are just so vulnerable, and you can just see they're so sad. And it's a nice, it's an incredibly well-done scene, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think it has a similar tone of like acknowledging without feeling the need to verbally do it as when Buffy admits that she slept with Angel. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like waiting for Giles to like mm-hmm. admonish her and he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He's very, very caring. Um, and then we get this gangster level teaching moment where Buffy has left and Willow says something about, like, I know you're really hesitant about me playing with magic, but I would really like to help you with this spell. And Giles says there is no spell. Oh, I just got shivers when you said that. Mm-hmm. Like, that is, that's why you're the watcher. Yeah, 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 you yeah. knew. Him just, like, something. He didn't know what it was, but he knew there was something. Yep, yep, yeah. He knows his slayer. So then Buffy waits for Scott outside of class and she kind of goes on this ramble about basically like, can we please still go? And she has this funny line at the end. She says, 
wow, if I knew I was going to go this long, I would have brought some water. I've felt that before. (laughs) (laughs) I also think that is the perfect line, acknowledging you've been rambling. Right. Like in a fun, kind of cute way. Breaks the ice. I feel like I need to keep that in my... Yeah, yeah. I feel like I need to keep that in my back pocket for the next time I start. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. And Go a little too long. Scott... Is like, I don't know, I'm really going to have to think about that. And he walks away for a second. He comes back. He's like, I thought about it. I'm in. And that's a cute moment from him. And Buffy says she just has to do one thing. And then she's free. And then she goes to the mansion where Angel was killed. Or she killed Angel. Sorry. Passive voice is doing some work Mm -hmm. there. And she lays the clauda on the (laughs) ground. And then what a twist this is. Do you want to tell people what it was? Twist. Um, yeah, um, I'm still dying to know, like, historically, what was this building? Mm. Dying to know. Just, like, curiosity. I'm sure sure someone has on the internet or something, like, what was this building previously? Like, surely no one just, like, cash lived in this place. (laughs) Like, this isn't a mansion that, like, someone (laughs) built for themselves, right? Like, what is this place? Anyway, um, so, screen goes dark. We, after Buffy lays the cloud on the ground, we think, all right, episode's over. We're about to hear some girl art. Uh, but then a light shines on the cloud. Cloud starts rumbling. And then sexy naked angel is dropped from the sky. No, if we're supposed to be like, who's that? Because there is a moment at the very end when he like tiredly lifts his head and we can see that it's angel. I don't know. I feel like I would know, I would notice that profile. Turned around. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he needed the slow blindfolded. Up. Yeah, it's very dramatic, but like we all knew who it was. Um, and something very interesting. He's also sweaty, and I want that marked for the record. Also, that yeah. Sorry, keep going. Yep, yep. Yeah, he's been keeping it tight in hell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love fine. <laughs> um, no, and I had a thought. Uh, sort of realization that I don't think it's a spoiler because it's a lack of answer. I don't think we ever get an answer for why he's brought back. So what brought him back? I had that thought. I remember yeah. as I was watching, I was like, oh, I should Google that and see because I don't I didn't think that we got I think that we can make some speculations, but I don't think it's ever answered for real for real. Um, yeah, I think later we get we get some similar level divine intervention. Yeah, that I think based on the reason behind that, we can apply it to this. That it's just like, clearly the powers that be decided it should be so. But I don't think it's, I I certainly don't ever think it's stated. Right. uh, Why he's brought back. He's used this. I think you're right. It may not even be, well, we can, I have another theory that's occurring to me now as we talk, but I don't want to say it on recording and spoil it. Um, Yeah, I think, your, I think that's a interesting analysis, Ali. Okay. Thank you. Do you have other thoughts or can I jump into trivia and then hot takes? Jump in. Okay. Trivia. So the band playing at the bronze is Darling Violet, and they will later do the theme for the spinoff Angel. Well, Isn't that interesting? Wow. That is interesting. This is my Mr. Trick trivia. He was originally in the running for the role of Spike. Interesting. That was not my guess. My guess what you were going my guess about the trivia was that 
Um, I thought you were going to say that he was initially supposed to be just in this episode, but everybody liked him so much they kept him back. Oh, interesting. Which happens a lot more often than you would think. Yeah. That's where, like, you being a joy to work with also comes in. Like, people really liking your character and, like, people just really liking you. It happens all the time that it's supposed to be a one-off character and then they're like, just keep bringing him back. That's really cool, too, because it hasn't reached audience. They don't have audience feedback at this point. It's just intuition of the yeah. people on set being like, yeah, this character is going to resonate. Yeah. Yeah. Theoretically. Oh, so so interesting. It would have been a way different huh. spike, but I think speaks to like how mm-hmm. we both were like, this character is awesome. I think that mm-hmm. there's, I don't know, there's something there. Well, and I had a thought. I did have a thought about Spike because... I was thinking of like he kind of takes that takes that that character's role mm. for this season because I like had a moment of oh wait oh yeah we don't see Spike this season maybe even at all I don't know actually I don't know yeah I think he like after yeah, everything that goes right. down with Darla I think he I think he like drives off and is just like fuck this town yeah which like fair and <laughs> Sunnydale's not been kind to you uh, nor should it be but whatever uh so yeah i was kind of thinking like well trick kind of like fulfill like fills that same role within the show uh so that makes sense that he like was also in line for that strangely that lovable villain yeah so the uh, the title of the episode was named deliberately without an oxford comma and with an ampersand i just want to be clear for the purposes of our Branding, I don't care. I'm adding in the Oxford comma and we're spelling out and we're not using the ampersand. I can't do it. I'm sorry. So, but you know, that was a deliberate choice that we're saying. Interesting. Respect that and reject. But that doesn't make any sense. No, uh, no, it doesn't. No, it's stupid. Because that, because if you're, if you're leaving intentionally leaving out the Oxford comma that means you are drawing a connection between hope and trick which makes no sense at all correct those are two characters that never interact that makes no sense i agree with you which is part of the reason why we're not abiding by it yeah because i I, yeah if they if if we could justify it then i i would contradict you and say that we should leave out the the comma but Oxford commas are there for a reason, and uh, I will die on that hill. I'll I'll ruin the party with you. All right, my last piece of trivia is that, okay, you remember the nice Happy Burger employee who I victim blamed? <laughs> yes. The actor's name is Zach Hudson, and he is going to come back playing a monster in the future. So we will see that charming gentleman who was an oh. idiot standing there. Yep. Just interesting. Okay. A little, a little fun fact. Good, good job, Zach. Good job, Zach. Must have been. Must have been nice on set that they brought you back. All right. Hot takes. I have something. I have been talking a lot, though. I don't want to talk over you. If you have something that we haven't gotten to talk about yet that you'd like to bring up. Uh, No, I haven't. Uh, Full disclosure, I keep forgetting about our hot take section. Um, I usually just, like, say it within the course of the episode. So, yeah. And I don't think it's a hot take because I would yell at anybody who didn't agree. I think Buffy is surrounded by not good friends i think there were a lot of people who were not in her corner in this episode and that is fucking shitty i agree with that 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 kind of relates to my hot take actually is that her friends buffy's friends not only let buffy down but they let faith down too because faith is clearly deeply traumatized and i feel really bad for her she can't afford 
the the motel is eighteen dollars a day, and she can't afford it. She's eating off Buffy's plate, and Buffy's annoyed. Buffy's already annoyed with Faith, but Buffy's mom is it like, why is this girl? Why is she so hungry? That she's is there something else happening? Like, yeah, where is she staying? What's happening here? Faith wails on that vampire in the alley, and Buffy is like, something's not right here. And Giles, as the adult, should have been like, yeah. She said what? She said she said you can't touch me, and she said my dead mother hits harder than like. This girl clearly right. has, and Faith has this other line. Uh, There's no words for what he did to her. As I was doing research, somebody on Reddit noted that given that comment, along with everything else we know, that it wouldn't be surprising. And just the fact that like Faith is a violent person and she still can't say what Kikistos did to the watcher. This commenter was like, was there sexual assault there? Was there like... That's exactly where my head went to. Yeah. The way, because specifically the stuff that she's saying about like, don't you touch me, you can't touch me. Yeah. All of that stuff. Like, yeah. No, I was, my head was going to the exact same place. Like, if we're talking about, because we've seen torture mm-hmm. and they talked about angel killing puppies. We've heard a lot about that kind of thing. And we've heard, and they've certainly said more about like what Angel Drusilla Darla Spike used to do. Um, so for them to not say it, I agree. I agree. I would not be surprised if they were like, yeah, we meant it was something sexual. And just the fact, and Buffy, Buffy is the one who is most put off by Faith in general, rightfully so. And Buffy still, she doesn't, she doesn't get it like totally, but she gets that there's something about this that isn't adding up. Mm-hmm. And all of the yep. people around her just get like wrapped up in, in how, exciting she is and they not only let Buffy down they also let Faith down I totally agree especially I would I would almost give the this could be kids bit of a pass Mm -hmm. as they are still kids and I think there are things that especially when you're growing up stable like the Scoobies do you know they have they have their things and stuff but they all have roofs over their head they all have clothing they're going to school they all eat you know all of that I think there are questions that they wouldn't think to ask. Like, where is she staying? Mm -hmm. Where are her parents? Okay, her watcher's not in town, but how was she being taken care of? Um, How did she get to Sunnydale? Like, all Mm -hmm. of that. I think that, like, in, in that stable point of view, like, you maybe wouldn't even think to ask those questions. Joyce and Giles are not given the same pass. Joyce as a parent, should have been wondering, where are you staying? Mm-hmm. Again, like you said, noticing the signs of like, oh, not just like, oh, she's a hungry teen after out slaying. Like, no, she is scarfing down food in a way that is not just like a teenager being hungry. That is someone who's like, I don't know where our next meal is coming at. Mm. And especially Giles should have asked once he, even if he's like, oh, yeah, off at the retreat, again, should have been asking. Okay, so what's your deal? what's going on, all of, all of that. Yeah, how did so, yeah, you get I agree. here? I completely yeah, where agree. are you yeah. staying? Yeah. yeah, who is, you're mm-hmm. staying there? No, we should get you. Right. We'll get you set up some more. Right, else. like why didn't Joyce, why didn't Joyce ask, where are you staying? Why don't you stay here? Yeah, yeah. All of that. Okay, so you've you've helped me. Yeah, the, the kids were kind of shitty friends, but it was like the adults who were the real failures here. Right, they were shitty friends and I agree that they let they let Buffy down. 
I, I give them a bit of a pass on the face stuff. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. As far as her well-being, they should have immediately been on Buffy's side with, like, something's not right here. I don't know about this chick. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Totally agree. Cool. As <laughs> usual, on the same page. All right. Well, I think that about does it for this episode, right, Nick? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us for today's episode. And we hope you'll join us next time when we'll discuss Season 3, Episode 4, Beauty and the Beasts. That's a tough one. Oof, that's a tough one. If you're just too excited to wait until the next episode to chat, send us an email at tabularasabpod at gmail.com. That is T-A-B-U-L-A-R-A-S-A-B-P-O-D at gmail.com. You can also say hello to us on Instagram or TikTok and at tabularasabpod. I will once again flag Ali's great plug to please leave a rating or review and share this with anyone who you think might be interested. And Ali, I just got a notification that my Buy Me a Coffee for You got renewed. So that's good. Can you go ahead and plug that and plug how people can find you on social media? I absolutely can. So for those of you who would like more Ali Press content, you can go to Instagram at daughterpick, D-A-U-G-H-T-E-R-P-I-C-K, or over on the TikTok at Future Black Cat. Allie, why and is your you handle like to- Future Black Cat? Uh, because I would like to play Felicia Hardy, the Black Cat for Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is also why I moved here to Atlanta. Great segue, because I am a new artist in a new town, need new headshots, need new all the things, classes and such, still looking for representation. So if you would like to help, help give a, a helping hand, you can head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash Press, A-L-L-I-E-P-R-E-S-S. And you can toss me a few bucks. You can keep up with my journey, with my blog posts. I am trying to get back and uh, a little more regular with those now that there's actually progress to report on so you can read about my life as an actor in a new town over on that buy me a coffee slash alley press and uh if you don't want to read about my blogs that is also fine you can go straight to venmo at alley dash press and that's me well it is just such a treat for me to be able to be in on the supporting alley press action early it's also an insurance policy for me so that you don't forget me when you're Rich and famous, so you know. Do that is the, no, 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 none of none of that. That is the most ridiculous I thing know, that people comment at when me. I say that. I, I've said that I do because anyone because the people who end up saying that they're like, don't forget me when you're famous. They're all people who are like that would be absolutely preposterous if I were to forget you. I would have to like literally hit my head and go into a fugue state in order for me to forget you. So that is like the dumbest thing for you to say in the whole world. If I forget you when I'm famous. I didn't remember you when I wasn't famous. I said it. So there we go. Great. Well, I'm glad that we ended that's this episode. Hot, that's my hot take. Glad we ended this episode this calling me dumb. That's great. I think you're dumb, Allie. And all of the social media handles are going to be in the description. <laughs> I'm obsessed with you. Never change. This has been fun. You're a precious, precious <laughs> gift. And I look forward to your face all the time. And I wash you while you sleep. <laughs> all of you out there, <laughs> thank you for joining us. Until next time, make proud choices. We love you. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Tabula Rasa Bitches is hosted by Ali Press and Nick Mercer. 
with music by Infoton Cult, artwork by Charlotte Fleming Design, and consultation by Evo Terra.